need stronger. I need you to hurry up now. Cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now. Cause I can't get much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night now. That's how long I've been on ya. Thank you for listening to the Daily Sports Report on 88.3 FM Ann Arbor, where the puck drops here. Right Let's now. get lost tonight. You could be my black Kate Moss tonight. Play secretary on the ball tonight. And you don't give a f- what they all say, right? Awesome. The Christian and Christian Dior. Damn, they don't make them like this anymore. I ask because I'm not sure. Do anybody make real t- anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness. Because right now, that has forsaken us. You should be honored by my lateness. That I would even show up to this place. So go ahead, go nuts, go ace. Especially in my pastel on my plate Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel Homie, take six and take this, hater Your radio is on It's on 88.3 FM WCBN-FM Ann Arbor's 24-hour open-minded radio surprise pudding Licensed to the Regents of the University of Michigan. Operated by students at the University of Michigan. Uniquely maintained as a healthy alternative and a positive influence on the mental health of the Ann Arbor community. You are here. Well, it's time for another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. Well, there's a mighty powerful smell of mendacity in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, as I predicted, Iowa and Colorado were key. I'm surprised that Hagen didn't hang on, but uh, turnout was the story. This was the worst turnout since 1942. And I seem to remember we were involved in World War II. <laughs> hey, that kind of rhymes. Um, jobs are up. Unemployment is down. Oil production is up. Gas prices are down. Exports are up. Imports are up. <laughs> Wages are flat. Executive pay is up. The stock market is up. It's an all-time high, by the way, except for the NASDAQ. ISIL is down. Ebola is down. Almost out in America. Um, outside ads are up. Voting is down. Sodomy is up. Gay marriage is down. <laughs> uh, and I'll talk briefly about gay marriage in a second because there was a very interesting ruling a couple of days after the election. The Lions are up. The Jets are down. <laughs> the ground game didn't work for the Democrats. The air work worked quite well for the Republicans. Yeah. It's uh, hard to tell on one level what elections mean anymore when that much money is involved. Well, and that's the problem. The, 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 the problem with the money at this point is the negative advertising is starting to turn off a lot of people. And 
you know, everybody has the same sentiment. The one thing that unifies America, except the uh, punditocracy in Washington, is they can't wait for the election to be over. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's well, just exhausting to deal with the robocalls. The, uh, I think that's part of the Republican game plan, yeah. though, is to discourage uh, participation. Yeah. Uh, either actively in, you know, withdrawing and retracting voter rights laws, uh, making it difficult for people to get to polling stations. Uh, the refusal to uh, consider the idea of making Election Day a national holiday like it is in most industrialized countries. Uh, and it's very clear historically that the greater numbers that show up to vote, the better Democrats do. Indeed. And, of course, when uh, Newt Gingrich took over in 94... Um, turnout was 39%, which was very low. Uh, Texas is up. Michigan is down. <laughs> and I only say Michigan is down because, uh, obviously, uh, some of our uh, elected officials, well, Levin was retiring, uh, powerful chairman of the Armed Services Committee. Guess what? The man without the space helmet gets to take over that job. Um, just as long as uh, Congress doesn't declare war on the entire world while he's uh, running the show. Uh, Stabenow, of course, loses her chairmanship. Uh, Mike Rogers, uh, chairman of the Intelligence Committee, he's a Republican. He decided not to pursue higher office and is going to do a talk show. Let me guess where. And Dave Camp. On Fox, right? Well, I'm sure Fox affiliated one way or another. Um, Dave Camp, probably the most invisible chairman of the Ways and Means Committee in American history. This is traditionally considered, after the Speaker of the House, the most powerful position in the House of Representatives. You know, they, it, it was odd to hear the Republicans talking about tax reform after the election. I was like, well, why weren't they doing something about tax reform before the election? They have the cards, and, uh, you know, I, I'm really... Uh, sort of teed off about the uh, factual uh, truth of, of this issue about obstructionism. Because, you know, McConnell has been pulling the Senate maneuvers uh, for quite some time. This, by the way, is why the rules were changed. This was the filibuster problem. So when McConnell says he's going to get back to regular order... What does that mean? Uh, what does it mean? <laughs> and... Uh, McConnell claiming that Obama's involved in a war on coal. That's ridiculous. Um, coal is just simply being phased out by uh, corporate utilities. Uh, it's that simple. Natural gas is simply uh, more efficient as a fuel. It's less expensive to deal with the residue. Um, I don't the know. Transport how, of it is easier. I don't know how many. Uh, People die in America because of coal, but it's interesting that China had to shut down their power plants and their factories, because China uses quite a lot of coal, uh, within uh, 200 to 300 kilometers of where this summit that's going on with Obama in China right now, the Asian Economic Summit. So uh, it's just bizarre that anybody can claim there's a war on coal, uh, you know. <laughs> Oil production is 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 at a it's at an all time high, but of course America still has to import a considerable amount of oil because of consumption. So this kind of bizarre theory that 
the voters sent a message that they want us to get along and work in a bipartisan fashion. Ugh, spare me the details. Yeah, that's been the complaint for years now anyway. Now, the only positive thing that McConnell said is there will be no debt debate, debt ceiling debate, and America won't threaten to default on its uh, ever-growing national debt. Um, or does he just say that now because Obama's in China? Well, he said it at the press conference, okay. but I missed Boehner's press conference, fortunately. I don't know how that guy can even show his face. He's the one that's been obstructing uh, immigration reform. Um, you know, you could go down an entire list of things that have passed in the Senate and died in the House. And then, of course, there are probably a few things that are the other way around. But to kind of claim that Harry Reid is responsible for all of this is, is nonsense. And... Uh, you know, Obama does need to sharpen up his uh, veto pen um, and, uh, you know, lay, lay down the, the principles that he got elected on. As I said last week, at this point, I don't think Obama really needs to worry about his legacy. I think that's already over and done with. Right now, we're just having kind of inside baseball kind of arguments about tactics mm -hmm. and appealing to voter constituencies and whatnot. And, uh, you know, last I checked, uh, Kansas still has a Republican governor. Those races were somewhat close, somewhat surprising how far um, Brownback fell. But uh, Kansas still has massive deficits, and they need lots of budget cuts. And I made a sarcastic comment about gay marriage. Let me just get to that real quick. Uh, an appeals court ruling uh, the day after the election. Actually. Here in the state of Michigan. Well, it was based in Cincinnati, um, okay. and it was it, it it heard a case involving the state of Michigan. There were four uh, other, four total states involved: Tennessee and Ohio. I think were two of the others. But these are states where uh, the gay marriage initiative had passed through the initiative process, and of course, Bill Schuette. Uh, who was reelected as attorney general, kept this distance kind of away mm -hmm. from any discussion. He wasn't really pressed on what his position would be regarding appeal. Snyder, of Snyder course— Snyder refused to uh, take a position also. Yeah, and then after the election, he— oh, let the court decide. He basically uh, said, I have to follow the law. Uh, so anyway— Except the, for when the people vote for something. Yeah, and what's interesting, of course, is this these uh, gay— uh, anti-gay marriage initiatives. That's basically what the issue is. They were thrown on the ballot by Karl Rove back in 2004 to boost uh, right-wing turnout. Well, don't expect any states now to be expanding this right, um, because now the Supreme Court's ultimately going to have to decide this. And let's remember that Newt Gingrich forced Clinton to sign the so-called Defensive Marriage Act shortly before the 96 election, figuring that it would hurt him with uh, white voters in Kentucky, Arkansas, Montana, whatever. And it didn't. Uh, Clinton actually got more electoral votes in 96. Of course, he was aided by the fact that the crazy man named as Ross Perot got back in the ring. Are you with me? Remember Ross Perot? 
Well, he was a factor in uh, why Clinton never got 50%. And, of course, uh, Bob Dole was uh, <laughs> the opponent that year. But uh, I kind of miss Bob Dole. <laughs> He's starting to look like a reasonable person. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Still holding that pen, no doubt. Uh, yeah. And, of course, uh, I'm going to say this as well. Ronald Reagan is down. They've released a tape. He calls up Margaret Thatcher after he invaded Grenada. Uh, NPR said he sent troops to Grenada, <laughs> making it sound kind of like he might have been invited. No, he invaded Grenada. Mm. And, of course, he didn't inform the British about this. Grenada was actually a British Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. So he's apologizing on the phone. I've only heard a couple of clips on BBC and NPR, but how amusing to hear Reagan searching for answers. His excuse now is that I didn't call you because of a, a, a leak. There were problems on our end of the, of the ocean. <laughs> and I'm like, a leak? There was no leak involved. This thing was orchestrated so Reagan could go on national television. Yeah, they publicized it uh, as it was unfolding. At 7 o'clock. Yeah. So that it made the nightly news as the head as the headline. It's a, essentially a stagecraft. It was. It was a staged <laughs> war that was, uh, of course, the scholar that NPR uh, talked to today, James Mann, who's uh, kind of a foreign policy expert. He he noted that it did come less than forty eight hours after the marine truck bombing in Lebanon. Mm. So I'm a little unclear where the what Reagan is talking about involving a leak. Uh, of course, the only leak that had leak any, in the air mattress, perhaps, had any relevance whatsoever throughout his presidency was the Iran Contra leak, <laughs> but that happened in 1986, um, and apparently this has been released uh, by the uh, Reagan Library, figuring that the Republicans are at the apex of their popularity at the moment, undoubtedly, and people will conveniently forget about any. Uh, <laughs> leak that uh, was responsible for why Reagan didn't inform Thatcher. Of course, I've read intellectual books showing that Reagan and Thatcher's relationship was much rockier than portrayed in the media. And this, of course, occurred because of not only the Grenada invasion by the United States, but the uh, Falkland Wars, mm -hmm. where the United States was uh, a little squishy for a while about supporting um, the... Uh, British position on that question that had happened earlier in the his presidency. And let's face it, despite you know whatever your personal feelings about Margaret Thatcher's uh, ideological stance might be, she was obviously a smarter person than Ronald Reagan. So it must have been very frustrating for her uh, to watch this glorified Muppet, uh, you know, be the leader of the free world while she was just the angry dog on the side. Well, yeah, and she, of course, had to answer to Parliament. Uh, America, in some ways, is lucky that we don't have a parliamentary system because they do tend to be more unstable. Mm -hmm. Italy is a case in point. Even Israel, I mean, when you look at the internal politics of Israel, uh, very far right-wing uh, agendas are pursued because they hold the votes. Yep. And they can force Netanyahu and break coalitions just by refusing to participate to do, you know, these provocative things mm -hmm. involving the Temple Mount and whatnot or 
Sharon, you know. Well, I think Netanyahu's happy to oblige them on those scores, but uh, it is a, a fragile coalition. And, of course, last week I was uh, sort of uh, uh, noting that the Democrats were running a poor <laughs> a poor strategy. Terry Lynn Land proved to be the worst Senate candidate in America, but Mark Udall might have been the second. But one of the things that I found interesting, and I didn't hear anybody comment about this, was the fact that Hagan in, in North Carolina and Warner, who did win, but his, his election was re-election was very close, they won their Senate seats because of Barack Obama. Okay, this is just a historical fact. North Carolina had not voted Democrat since Jimmy Carter was on the ballot in 76, and Virginia had not voted for the Democrats since 1964, which, of course, was the Lyndon Johnson landslide. Uh, involving Barry Goldwater, mm. so Obama pumped up the turnout in those in those states for the constituents that helped elect them in 2008, and they're running away from the president. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, to um, yeah, I, I thought that was a really uh, bizarre strategy because. Although the media is hammering, oh, Obama can't get anything done. And, of course, that's going to be the Republican outlook as well. It's very clear that there's just no participation from Congress. Yeah. So all this, you know, Obama is ineffective, he's uh, ineffectual, is largely a fiction. I mean, he's, he's cuffed and tied. Well, he's barely vetoed anything. Correct. And and that's one of the <laughs> the realities that the media just has not pointed out. Under the U.S. Constitution, he, has he hasn't the, obstructed things. He has the right to veto yeah. things. And in other words, the obstructionism is mainly in Congress. Article 1 is the article about Congress. They they were actually given quite a lot of power and held more power, quite frankly, until uh, World War II started, quite honestly, because uh, Congress in the 1930s, just as an example, they passed neutrality acts, three of them that hampered FDR's efforts to counteract Adolf Hitler. <laughs> that was over there. We don't want to fight. We don't want to deal with another European war. And these measures were veto-proof. So FDR, while he opposed them privately and occasionally even in public, because he did give a couple of speeches that indicated that he was pursuing a different foreign policy than, quote, neutrality, uh, was hamstrung by these neutrality acts, and America was. America had great difficulty rebuilding in the 1930s militarily for what was quite obviously going to be some uh, real problems. Japan invaded uh, Manchuria in 1931. Mussolini decided that he would use the Air Force against uh, men that had spears in Ethiopia. The League of Nations was powerless, um, so, you know, Congress really until the, the <laughs> Pearl Harbor, I, I think you can actually mm -hmm. pinpoint a date, you know, where uh, FDR had set up a war production board and he got on the phone and he told General Motors and Ford that they were no longer going to be building passenger cars. They were going to be building tanks, airplanes and uh, jeeps, <laughs> you know, the infrastructure of war. Uh, for obvious reasons. And Adolf Hitler, of course, was a threat to human civilization without any doubt. So uh, some of this uh, 
some of this spin, I think, is very, very strange. Um, obviously, if you look at certain races in certain states, you know, there's some very interesting details in the numbers. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. In South Carolina, Lindsey Graham and Tim Scott were easily reelected. It's a very Republican state. And in fact, of course, it it has the second second actual primary following uh, the caucuses in Iowa and the New Hampshire. And this, of course, tilts the Republican nomination to the right, generally speaking. But it was interesting to me how many more votes Tim Scott got than uh, um, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham has been agitating for war. He's been working with the new chairman of the Armed Services Committee, the man who's still looking for his space helmet. He's advocated going into Syria. Well, he got about 100,000 less votes. Than and s- Libya. <laughs> and Libya. And Ukraine. And I think they even wanted to revisit Somalia for some reason. Uh, so he got considerably less votes than either Nikki Haley, who won the governor, governor's race, or Tim Scott, who's African-American. Well, it's quite interesting how many more votes that Tim Scott got than Nikki Haley. Look it up. It's fascinating. Those are African-Americans who split their ticket and voted for him because <laughs> he's African-American. Uh, these kinds of you know political science details are, are kind of fascinating to me, some of the... Uh, Vote totals, and obviously we got two Senate seats that are still up in the air. Alaska, by the way, they they about ten to fifteen percent of their votes simply, you know, arrive on kayaks and airplanes, and I don't know if they have any water buffalo up there, but there might be some polar bears <laughs> that can't find enough ice, so maybe they're <laughs> roaming around delivering ballots. Well, I think they're uh, so they're still counting votes. There's in Alaska. a big storm going on up there too, so they're probably yeah, distracted by that. <laughs> our way so um we don't need to talk anymore about the election well except to say this that um how long is it going to be before the media starts thumping the tub for 2016 oh well they're already doing that to some degree there are there's already speculation you know we have george bush uh w bush of all people uh informing everybody that uh that jeb Tennessee Jeb, I mean Florida Jeb, or whatever his name is. <laughs> it's Tennessee. Pensacola Jeb. Tennessee Jeb. Um, hasn't decided yet, but uh, the family's in favor. His heart's not in it, I suspect. The family's in favor of it. <laughs> of course they are. We can't have a Clinton run without a Bush uh, to run against. But uh, that having been said, a couple of uh, interesting factors to consider for uh, two years down the line, which it'll be here before you know it, especially the way the media flogs this horse, uh, killing it before it's dead. They like to flog the dead horse uh, to death and then keep flogging it. Um, There are a number of states that are going to uh, this medical marijuana uh, movement that's spreading across the country. uh, It's proving uh, in states where it has been approved uh, not to lead to the devastating social problems that uh, naysayers and critics have uh, foretold. It's actually turning into uh, a program that benefits uh, people and uh, generates a lot of tax money for state coffers. 
Uh, we're going to see a number of states adding medical marijuana mm-hmm. uh, to the next round of ballot initiatives in 2016. And also the uh, minimum wage crisis, I yeah. think is fair to call it. Uh, there hasn't been an increase in the minimum wage in what, how many years? 20 years? Um, well, I'm a not sure on the time. federal. I know that under Reagan, it never went up. And of course, that's it's $7 and 25 cents. That's right. one of the ironies of the election is that this passed in a number of states. Exactly. Red states. Yep. Not a, not a single uh, Republican. That Illinois, can... Nebraska, Alaska, Arkansas, South Dakota, all approved proposals to increase hourly pay. Yeah. And, and of course, what's fascinating about that is that that's actually a position where the Democrats and Republicans are com- in complete disagreement. I don't think there was one Republican candidate who's in favor of increasing the f- minimum wage at the federal level. Now, some of them weaseled their way out. And said, "Oh well, I'm in favor of it at the state level." Well, what's the difference? What's, what does that mean? Yeah, in, in relation to the other, it's basically a states' rights argument yeah. that's convoluted. And of course, their argument is that this increases unemployment. Uh, this, by the way, has not happened in the state of Washington, which uh, increased their minimum wage. A couple what of what years it leads ago. to is increased spending power for the poor working slob. Yeah, who. Uh, with a little bit more money, can afford to buy, you know, oh, my kids get a new pair of boots this year. Sure. And that's what it's all about. And, of course, when you have these massive tax cuts uh, benefiting the Koch brothers, who, by the way, were one of the big winners on uh, last Tuesday, they poured an amazing amount of money at, uh, in, in at the last second when it showed that the polls were tightening a little bit. Money that's tax deductible. And, of course, they... Don't have to disclose these packs, these super packs. They're, I mean, they're interfering in race after race. $50 million spent in the state of Alaska. Um, when I think I checked the numbers, the total number of votes is about 220,000. <laughs> total. Yeah. Votes. Why don't, why don't you just give them the money? <laughs> um, oh, $120 million spent in the state, the state of North Carolina. I mean, these figures are disgraceful and uh, you know the Supreme Court Citizens United um, they're going to determine a lot of things in the next couple of years and <laughs> including gay marriage uh, this this uh, ruling in in the Cincinnati Court of Appeals I think it's called the Sixth Circuit seems to be my recollection but anyway this is in conflict with other rulings appeal court rulings so yeah. the Supreme Court needs to hear this case and sort it out, but uh, they might punt for political reasons because it's well established that John Roberts looks at the polls. Uh, He voted for most of the Affordable Care Act, which is yet again being revisited by the Supreme Court in another late development after the election. Um, Of course, you know, the, the whole debate about Obamacare will continue, but uh, the individual aspects of the law are, in general, quite popular. So uh, well, let's have another vote in the House of Representatives. Speaking of popular, there's been a major you know, turning point in American <laughs> culture where, uh, we've talked about this before on the program, uh, people under a certain age really do not care about same-sex marriage. And it's incorrect to frame this as a gay rights issue when really it's a civil rights issue. That grown adults, regardless of their backgrounds or who they are, can make choices about their own personal lives uh, without government intrusion. 
Which is why, of course, the Supreme Court may end up ruling the conservatives on the court, that is, the five conservatives, because they're still running that institution, uh, may vote for a state's rights (laughs) um, perspective on the matter. Mm -hmm. They may say that states have the right to uh, prohibit gay marriage uh, based on either laws or um, initiatives. So I wouldn't count on the Michigan State Legislature, for instance, bringing up any... (laughs) Uh, so-called gay rights or civil rights issues, uh, either in the lame duck session or in the new session where they've got even more power. Um, they're just not going to do it. It's That's their base. <laughs> it's it's hard to think of the Michigan legislature in terms of, of being lame duck because they've been lame all along. Yeah, <laughs> they duck issues and they're that's lame. Right. <laughs> so they are a lame duck. They haven't done anything that I know of except... Uh, we, you know, as as we mentioned last week, I I don't know how they can get away with calling themselves pro business. They're not. What they are is pro gun and pro fetus, mm-hmm. and those are their big uh, their big issues. And I went into the voting booth confounded by the the wolf <laughs> initiatives. Right. I forgot all about the wolf yeah. initiatives. How will the wolf survive? The right? big bad Lost wolf. Mobiles. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm Red Riding Hood here. I don't even know what's going on with the big bad wolf up up in the UP. <laughs> right. It's certainly something that, I mean, that should have been a, an Upper Peninsula, like local ballot right. initiative. That has nothing to do with folks down here. We've got coyotes out in the country. But uh, truth be told, uh, <laughs> wolves are part of the great balancing act of nature, right? They don't go after cattle. They go after deer. And deer are a problem anyway in Michigan. We've got so damn many of them. That's why we allow them to be hunted, because they destroy crops. So, yeah. And uh, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Um, Yazoo City Calling is coming up shortly, because uh, we're just about out of time. But I, I, I did hear an interesting report that uh, there are now cougars that are moving into the UP uh, because they're running away from that oil production in North Dakota. <laughs> You're not talking about those sexy older ladies. No, I'm talking about big cats, man, big cats. They're on the move. So uh, maybe we'll have a cougar initiative in the next election that will really get out the vote. Well, thanks to Andrew for uh, engineering once again this evening. Uh, We'll have to save the Nixon tapes for next week. Yeah, and also some stuff on the concealed carry law in Michigan. And fascinating to see Ann Arbor turn down the local initiative on the school merger. Yes. That was interesting. Good night. German war is at an end. We may allow ourselves a brief period of rejoicing. After the war, new technology revolutionized the electronics industry. Television threatened to destroy radio, but another invention, the transistor, made radio more important and useful than ever. Radio lives today as a vital medium for bringing news, discussion, and music to millions of listeners all over the world. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening. The time is now 7 o'clock, and this is Yazoo City Calling, your weekly program here on WCBN dedicated to the down-home True American Blues Music, broadcasting to you live every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. on 88.3 FM since 1988 when Jerry Max started this program. My name is Weston, and I'll be your host this uh, brought this show here 
If you'd like to call and make a request, 734-763-3500 is the phone number. And we'll get right to it. Uh, We're going to listen to this recording made by Dutch Coleman and Red Whitehead called Boonville Stomp. 